Father, please help us tonight. Help me. And I pray that this would be a time of sweet fellowship around your word. And I pray that your word, what we receive tonight, will enhance our relationship with you tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, all through the week. I pray in Christ's precious name. Amen. It's very important for all of us to understand that living for God is a non-stop battle. It is a never-ending challenge. I don't say that to discourage you or to be some sort of a pessimist. I'm not a pessimist. I am a, uh, a uh, I think I'm an optimist, uh, uh, at least I'm trusting God with things. The other day, uh, I was going through a little bit of a uh, mental tough time with the, trying to wrap my brain around some things. And uh, my wife said, uh, hey, well, well, don't forget this. The Lord's doing this and this and this. And I right away, I said, hey, that's not fair. I said, I'm the, I'm the bright side person. I'm the one that brings the perspective of the good news. I don't need you doing that. Anyway, I do tend to be the one to say, hey, okay, so, so you know, your, your leg is, is uh, broken off or whatever. So, you, you know, you just got scalped by an Indian tribe. Uh, but, look, you still have your Bible. You know what I mean? You still, uh, you're still, you still have a nice pair of shoes, whatever. But um, I don't know where I got the scalping thing. That came into my head and I went with it. But. So I'm not trying to discourage you, but you, we do need to have a dose of reality. If you're going to live for the Lord, it's going to be a constant battlefield, a daily battlefield. Who are your enemies? Your, your big enemy? Oh, I know Satan, right? No, your big enemy is self. But you have other enemies, too. You've got the enemy of Satan and his forces. You've got the enemy of sin all around you. We've got the cares of this life, the burdens of, of this life that call to us and scream at us. And so occasionally, even unfortunately, we have the enemies of other believers, people in Christ's body shooting at us. And all these things that we have to contend with. And the thing is, God requires and expects his people to be victorious and to do what's right. Now, he, it's not an unreasonable expectation because he equips us to be victorious. But the fact is, you've got to come to grips with the fact that there is no coasting through this life. This is not easy street. This is not a bed of roses. This is constant challenge, constant battle. And so... Once you realize that, and you, you only learn that, you don't learn that because you hear somebody say it and say, oh, okay, pastor said it, so I'm going to believe it. You may do that, but you don't really believe it until you just live life for a while. Until you've lived a few decades as a Christian, and you know you're 40 years old or so, looking back and you're going, you know what? It never lets up. In fact, the longer I live for the Lord, the more constant the battles get. Now, it's also true, the more you truly live for the Lord, the more you learn how to win. And so the battles aren't quite so draining because you learn how to trust in the resources God has given you. But 
My ultimate point is this. David comes to the end of his life here. And he looks back and he says, you know what? It's been battle after battle after battle, beginning with my older brothers and then dealing with the bear and dealing with the lion and then dealing with Goliath and then dealing with Saul. You would think that the greatest challenge of David's life would have been taking on a Philistine warrior who was twice his size. But isn't it funny that when we come to this psalm that is near the end of David's life and he looks back and it says after he saw that the Lord had delivered him from all of his enemies and from who? Saul. Saul's been dead for years. But as David looked back, he still saw it as one of the great challenges of his life. Understand, David went from his late teens until almost 30 years old. Very much, as we talked about Joseph in Sunday school, as far as the years go, very much a parallel to Joseph. Late teens until about 30, he must have felt like his life was shot. David was the hero of Israel, and he spent all of his 20s as a fugitive from justice. A wanted man. And no matter how he tried to do right, that much more the king wanted to kill him. And imagine, it's a king who David loved. And yet he wanted to kill him. And so here's David now. He's an old man. He's approaching death. And he's looking back in his life. And he's, you know, I've had a great life. It's been wonderful. But it's been one battle after another. When you come to the finish line of your life, you stay faithful to the Lord, you live for him, you're going to look back and you say, you know what? I wouldn't trade being a Christian for anything in the world, but as I look back, it's just been one battle after another. It's been a never-ending challenge. You need to really stop and ponder that if you want to appreciate what we read in Psalm 18, verse number 2. In Psalm 18, verse number 2, David gives us, in one verse, nine descriptions of what the Lord has been to him. And I want to look, that's really the essence of the message tonight. Uh, we're going to look at these nine things and say, oh boy, nine points. No, it's not nine points. It's nine descriptions of what the Lord has been to him. Now, you read further into Psalm 18, and he goes into a lot of detail. He describes how when he called upon the Lord for deliverance, the Lord basically stopped everything, called his armies together, and said, we're going down there to help him. It's awesome. you got to read it. But in this introductory verse, he gives a nine-point description of who the Lord has been to him. Over these years. Number one, the Lord is my rock. And we're going to stop at each of these and just for a few seconds think about what that means. My rock. A rock is a secure place. You don't appreciate a secure place until you've been in an unstable place. And Jesus told the story about the wise man built his house upon the rock, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And when you have 
looked around and realized, as the songwriter said, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's when you appreciate the stability of the rock. In an unstable, insecure world, the Lord is your rock. He is immovable. He is that which you can count on to be sure and secure. And by the way, so many of these nine descriptions go back to the Word of God and prayer. When everything around you is unstable and insecure, God is secure. The Bible that you read never changes. You can count on it. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock. Secondly, he said, I told you they go fast. Secondly, he says, my fortress. When I hear the word fortress, right away I think about the Old West. Now, i got to be honest. My, my mind right away goes to F Troop. How many remember F Troop? Dun, 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 yeah. And uh, out in the, in the wild, wild West, there was this fortress, and that's where F Troop was. And, um, but uh, a fortress, what is that place? That, that is a... A, uh, a safe place in the midst of enemies. And this says, the Lord is my fortress. Have you ever felt like you were surrounded? Have you ever felt like everybody out there is coming to get you? I know I've said this before, and I'm, I'm, I'm joking about it, but it's, it's, it's not untrue that uh, a lot of mornings in my life, I wake up paranoid. I don't know why. Uh, in the early morning, you know, when you're in that place where you can't quite open your eyes yet. And, uh, man, this morning we went out, and, and I never got this message before. Amy always makes the coffee because Amy's the coffee drinker. But today was Mother's Day, so I was going to make the coffee. Well, wouldn't you know I messed it up. How do you mess up a Keurig, you know? But I, I put the cup in there. I pushed the thing down, and it went, and a little message said uh, that the needle needed maintenance. What? The needle maintenance? What is that? And so, uh, sure enough, it's a thing. I looked online, and it told you how to do needle maintenance. So we had to leave the house without coffee this morning. And so, uh, but, so, you, you know, that, do you know that if you're, I'm not a heavy coffee drinker. I, you know, it could be 10 below zero. I would rather have a, a, a glass of ice water or Diet Coke or iced tea than a hot drink. I just, or if I'm going to have a hot drink, I'll have, I'll have both. I'll have a hot drink in one hand and a cold in the other. That's just always been, but I do have one cup in the morning and something about that just takes you from that fuzzy place to a place where you can navigate a little bit and so but you see you know the early morning in that place where you know the world is out there but you can't you know I can't open my eyes yet even and it's in that fuzzy time where a lot of times I tend to be like I mean paranoid I don't mean just worried I mean like they're coming to get me today. You know, they're coming to take me away. Ha ha he oh, it's today's the day that they show up. And, uh, but he's my fortress. When you feel like you're surrounded, when you feel like the enemy is closing in on you, let me tell you, he is there. He is your safe place. My rock, my fortress, then notice this, and as I said, this is a, a major theme of Psalm 18. My deliverer. Deliverer is one who swoops in and rescues you. God rescues me. Now, 
If you want God to rescue you, you got to do what verse 3 says. I will call upon the Lord. When you, when you find yourself in a crisis, you have to call upon the Lord. And I don't mean just once. Sometimes, listen, it's not that you've got to get God's attention. you got to get your own attention. Because here's what we do when, when we ask God for help so many times. Lord, please help me. And even as we're speaking, we're scheming up here. All right, yeah, I need the Lord to help me. But listen, if I do this, if I call this person, if I, if I, if I try this, maybe this will work. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be creative and you shouldn't try to brainstorm and figure things out, but your confidence, your reliance needs to be totally on God. So it's not, well, if God doesn't show up, I will try this. No, it's, all right, Lord, I'm calling upon you for help, and I'm asking you to give me wisdom to know how to fix this, how to come out of this. Show me the way. And so... He is my deliverer, my rescuer. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. And he's my God. Now, I'm, I, I'm grateful for all these other details. But I tell you what, when I'm in the middle of a crisis, I'm so glad that my God is not a little statue that I carved out myself. Down deep in your heart, if you worship the sun, you know the sun is not going to come to your rescue. I think of the stories, and I love the stories that John Nelms tells about going into third world countries that have not been touched with the gospel in generations, some if ever. And I'm thinking of the one in particular where the spiritual leader of a tribe in a just deep, deep in the jungle. I want to say New Guinea, but I don't remember exactly where it was, but deep, deep in the jungle. And they, they, the Lord just told a missionary, you've got to go to this place and you've got to carry bags of rice. Is that what it was? Bags of rice. And he didn't know why, but it is new from the Lord. You guys got to be carrying bags of rice. And the so this is the missionary coming in, but inside the jungle, the spiritual leader just got tired. He had prayed to the false gods, and those false gods were so cruel to the people. And they always demanded sacrifice and pain and the spiritual leader. And by the way, these things are not made up. They, these are real false gods. That they, This is satanic that, that uh, the, the spiritual leader is communicating with. And finally, the spiritual leader looked up to heaven one day and said, there's got to be somebody bigger and better than this. Then these, these gods that we're dealing with, these gods are so cruel to our people. Show me the way. And he said a great spirit told him, in three days, some white men are going to come walking through that spot right there, through that opening. And you'll know them because they'll be carrying bags of rice. And so when those missionaries had trekked and pushed and made their way to that remote tribe, they were shocked to come through the clearing and see the entire tribe standing there waiting for them. And somehow they communicated, the missionaries said, 
What are you waiting for? He said, we're, we're waiting for you. Because the great spirit told us if we wanted to know who he is, we were to wait here and some white men carrying bags of rice would come and share with us the truth. And the whole tribe got saved that day. But here's the thing. I'm, the point is that the world knows that they're, they're homemade gods. And by the way, false philosophies of God are just as much homemade gods as the guy who carves out an idol from a block of wood. They know that their homemade gods are powerless. They're worthless. They can't help them. But he's my God. My God. When I pray, I know he's listening. When I read his word, I know he's speaking. He's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God. And then it says, my strength. My strength. I don't want to go into a lot of detail about this, but a couple of weeks ago, well, two weeks ago today, two weeks ago right now, I had just uh, landed in the ER, and um, they put some, you know, they put IV into me right away, so I got instant relief. Um, but as I was going into the, the emergency room and waiting out there, and the wait was not terribly long, but... Um, I'm laying out there on the bench, and I just can't even describe to you the pain. And um, then the next morning, the next morning was probably the I thought that, you know, once you get to the hospital, everything's good, right? And I just thought that's how it was. I thought, well, I'm through it now. I'm just getting better. But the next morning, about 9 o'clock, I just, I, 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 I just about went out of my mind with pain. And uh, the, the, the head nurse, he was a great, great guy. We loved him, but he couldn't do anything without the doctor's approval. And the doctor couldn't be reached till 930. And all I, all I needed was some Tylenol, but he couldn't do it. And so I'm just laying there, and, and all I knew to do was to take refuge in God, to sort of leave that place the best I could, check out. And go to, go to God. And the best way that I know to do that is through his word. And so I just started quoting scripture. So usually mostly the same verse over and over again. One of the verses I take refuge in is Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Does that take the pain away? No, but let me tell you, it got me through. Because when I'm weak, he will be my strength. And when you are weak, he will be your strength. I beg you, when you don't know what you're going to do, when you think you literally cannot take it anymore, Go to God and let him be your strength. And go to God through his word. I don't know what I would do. And I had the opportunity this summer to speak on this. The other day, uh, Brother John Barnes called me. He said, hey, I'd like you and your wife to do uh, split sessions. You with the guys, your wife with the girls. And he said, uh, I, I've, I don't really know what topic I should give you. And I said, uh, "Could I? would you mind if I came up with one? He said, what? I said, how about scripture memory? He said, bang, that is so good. 
He said, yeah, I'm putting it down. You speak on scripture memory. I'm not a walking Bible. I don't know anywhere near as much Bible as a lot of people do. Uh, so I've known people who have memorized the New Testament. I know people who claim they've memorized the whole Bible. I am nowhere near any of that. But praise the Lord, when I was a teenager, the Lord used people to impact me to memorize chapters of the Bible. The thing that I like about memorizing chapters of the Bible is that you can just keep going. You keep going. You don't come to the end of one verse and then say, okay, now what verse can I go to? You just keep going. I don't know a lot of chapters, maybe a dozen. That's not a lot. But it's been enough that when I'm weak, I can take refuge in the word of God without even opening the Bible. The Lord is my strength. And then it says, in whom I will trust, he's my confidence. You come to places in your life where you don't know what you can trust. You don't know who you can trust. But he's your confidence. And you can always trust in the Lord. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. He's the one in whom I'll trust. He's my buckler. Now, what is a buckler? A buckler is a shield that you hold in front of you. So a buckler specifically protects you from the arrows that are being shot at you. And the Lord is your buckler. Listen, there are times when people shoot at you at point-blank range. I'm talking about they just straight on. Thank God it's not like this all the time, but sometimes it is. Where people just straight up scream at you, scream in your face. Times when people just straight up curse at you, to your face. There are times that people that you know and, and love and you thought they loved you, they just stand there and throw these criticisms and accusations at you. You go, where did this come from? I don't even know how to answer that because I've never even heard that accusation before. And you want to look at them and say, you stinking moron, are you out of your mind? But, oh, yeah, I love them, so I can't say that. So you just sit there and take it. And the Lord said, I'll be your buckler. I'll be your buckler. Listen, when you are attacked and criticized and slandered and accused... Everything within you says, fight back. Everything within you says, let everybody know. Because look, if they're saying this to my face, they're saying this to other people too. So go out there and defend yourself and let everybody know these people are morons. But God says, let me be your buckler. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. If you want vindication, just keep your mouth shut and trust me. My buckler, that's one of the hardest things to learn. Because by nature, we want to defend ourselves. Something I learned this week, and I, I did an, an, a, a, just an incredible variety of reading this week. And so I don't remember who said what, but it was all just great. But somebody that I was reading this week said, Jesus never defended himself. He didn't open his mouth until it was time to defend the truth. Remember Pilate. He didn't answer Pilate. He didn't answer the, the uh, priests, and, and he didn't answer that until Pilate said, don't you know that I have the power to kill you? Oh, now it's time to stand up for the truth. 
This is not about defending myself. Jesus is saying it's time to stand up for the truth. And so he speaks the truth when he says, you have no power unless it's given to you from God. He's not defending himself there. He's defending the truth. And so God says, I'll be your shield. I'll be your buckler. When you're attacked, when you're slandered, when you're criticized, when you're falsely accused, you don't have to defend yourself. You rely on me. You defend the truth. I mean the eternal truth of God, but, but don't worry about defending yourself. I'll be your buckler. I've got you covered. Then he says, the horn of my salvation. And I really thought as I looked at that and I meditated on it, I thought, I thought that's got to mean you know, like the doo, 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 calling the troops in, you know, horn, kind of horn. That's not what it means. By a very strong consensus of many commentators that I read, they unanimously agreed that it's talking about an animal's horns. An animal that uses its horns to fight off the predator. And that's who God is. God says, I will fight off your predator, and your ultimate predator is Satan. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He is the ultimate predator. But God is the horn of my salvation. He'll fight off the predator. He will protect me. And then it says, my high tower. The Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. If you've ever been inside of a stone or a concrete tower, you know what a fortress it is. Not only does it give you protection, but it gives you the higher ground to be able to see the enemy below. It's a very safe place. And David said, the Lord has been my high tower. So David looks back over his life and he says, the Lord has been my rock. He's been my fortress. He's been my deliverer. He's my God. He's my strength. He's the one in whom I will trust. He has been my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Let me close with this thought. You don't learn these things about God without battles. And far too many believers face battles and they run away from God instead of running to God and learning that he'll be their rock. They run away from God, instead of running to God and finding out that he'll be their fortress, he'll be their deliverer, he'll be their God, their strength, the one in whom they can trust, their buckler, the horn of their salvation, and their high tower. And the more you're attacked, and the more you run to God, the more you learn to trust him. The greatest thing you can learn here is not to trust me. I'm just another soldier on the battlefield with you. The greatest thing you can learn is to trust the Lord. Wherever you're at in life, I want, I want the young people of our church to learn that they can trust the Lord. I want the married people of our church to learn you can trust the Lord. I want the, uh, the older folks in our church to learn you can trust the Lord. No matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what challenge you're facing, you can trust the Lord almost every day this week without fail. 
I woke up with a burden or a challenge. And I opened the word of God and immediately God's word addressed that challenge. Because if you will let him be your rock, your fortress, the God of your salvation, the horn of your salvation, your high tower, your buckler. He will be these things to you as David testified. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight.